Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Work Hard, Retire Early podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Joseph Hadaway. And today I have the opportunity to sit down with Sam Zelenka, or as you may know him, Government Worker Fi. So like the name suggests, Sam is a government worker with a passion for personal finance and financial independence. Uh, his blog and his work have been featured in several large publications, including the Washington Post and the Letters. And Today, we're sitting down to discuss the FIRE movement and basically what government employees need to know on the personal science side of things. So how are you tonight, Sam? I'm great, Joseph. Thanks for having me. And before we get started, I should just say that uh, I'm speaking in my personal capacity and not in uh, government capacity. So anything I say is um, definitely not an official position of the federal government and just kind of represents my, my own views um, as a personal finance enthusiast. Got to get that disclaimer in there. I understand. Thanks. So yeah, I gave you know a little bit of a brief bio there, and then you can tell us about yourself or your background. Yeah, so uh, I've been a federal employee since I was 18 years old, and I've moved through different types of government jobs. And I'm also a really big personal finance enthusiast. Uh, big believer in the fire movement, um, retiring early, all those things kind of really excite me. And I've always been interested in investing and, and those type things. And, you know, I, I read a lot of blogs and I just kind of felt like, well, okay, there's kind of this plan for how to retire early, but it, it doesn't really take into account a lot of things that, you know, government workers or federal employees have that make it kind of a unique situation. And so nobody's writing to those people. And I felt like, hey, I really want to help these people. Um, and I wish I had a resource like this. So I, I decided to create it. So that's how that's how we came up with Government Worker Fi. Yeah, definitely a great resource. And I think, of course, I did an ample amount of research prior to the episode. I mean, it really seems to you are leading the pact. You are definitely serving a underdeveloped niche in the market, to say the least. Thanks. Yeah, that's my goal. Um, and the more, the more stuff I um, write, the more people I'm able to connect with, and that just gives me more ideas. And I, I feel, I feel really happy that I'm helping the the people that I that I really want to help out. And uh, it's good to see some success stories. I hear you on that. Definitely the best thing to see. I, I would guess I'll just go and, you know, dive right into it. I'm looking over, you know, your post, your Twitter, your uh, blog, and obviously there are several differences between working public and private sectors. Um, you know, what do you feel are the biggest differences between the two? And does this really change how public sectors employees should be preparing for financial independence? Yeah, I mean, if it, if it was the same like model for private sector, then I don't think I would have started the blog. So I think the big things that public sector, I'm going to just use public sector and talk kind of broadly. Um, I, I mean, the big difference, obviously, is most uh, government jobs have a pension, which is, you know, pretty much unheard of in the private in, you know, 2020s. And a lot of government jobs, whether they're federal or a state job or university type job, they may also have uh, benefits for health insurance after you retire, if you make it to a certain age. And that's another huge benefit, which really changes the calculations about uh, retiring early. So, I mean, the math for retiring early is the same, whether or not you're in the private sector or public sector, you want to have enough money to sustain 
your, your cost of living whenever you leave, but there's some incentives hanging out there if you reach you know certain milestones working for the government. And so um, it's, you know, I try and help people think about, well, what am I giving up if I retire early versus, you know, what, what's, what's in it for me if I can stick it out for a few more years. I want to dive into the first thing you talked about there. Cause uh, of course, like, you know, my grandfather retired on a pension, but I'm going to be retiring on a 401k. The, the world here, the private sector world has, has changed to say the least. Um, and I'm curious because I actually just do not know. Um, are pension retirement laws the same as like 401k retirement laws? Still got to reach 59 and a half? Um, I think it depends. Uh, I mean, you're talking about pensions. Uh, there's a lot of different, a lot of different uh, potential things. So each pension has its own um, thing. So like in the military, it's, you know, 20 years and you can uh, get a pension. So um you know, you could obviously be much, much less than 59 and a half, um, you know, if you enlisted right when you were 18, something like that, or if you became an officer right out of college, you know, you could be in your late thirties, early forties and, and drawing a, a military pension. Uh, for federal civilian employees, uh, you have to reach what's called your minimum retirement age, which for most people is 57 if you're very close if you're in your late fifties, you, you know, your minimum retirement age might be like 56 or 56 and some, um, some change. So somewhere between 56 and 57, you reach your minimum retirement age and can start receiving your full pension immediately. Um, of course, there's a whole bunch of different state employee plans and other, you know, pension plans there too. So it's kind of up to the, the rules of whoever, you know, is providing the pension to you. And that's something I'll have to educate myself more on because uh, even what you just said is more to it than I would have assumed, to say the least. Uh, I see where the niche you feel now, or the niche you feel, excuse me, is. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you you kind of see where I'm coming from and um, just trying to get the word out to to people who have some you know, some some stuff to think about. So you know, moving on from that into you know, what you talked about in your earlier retiring early, what got you interested in the fire movement? Yeah. So I think I've just personally, like I would have like, you know, killed for this knowledge when I was like 18, 20, 22. I mean, I was trying to like educate myself as much as I could about personal finance and investing. And like back then in like the early two thousands, I feel like, I mean, I certainly never ran across the fire movement. I think, you know, maybe there was, there's little bits and pieces, but it wasn't like Mr. Money Mustache hadn't, you know, started blogging or, um, you know, uh, extreme early retirement, like none of these voices were really out there. So, and I kind of consumed everything I could back then. I watched a lot of like Jim Cramer and Susie Orman and, um, you know, I read, I will teach you to be rich. And I read like rich dad, poor dad. And I was reading all this stuff, but um, it didn't really, nothing really had kind of some blueprint for how to actually retire early. And it's kind of like, well, I'm like saving stuff up for retirement. I'm going to have plenty of money when I reach retirement age, I guess I just like need to find new ways to spend money, um, which isn't who I am. It's not who my wife is um, where you know frugal people by default and happy with like simple things. And then in like 2017, uh, 
I think that's kind of when a lot of the fire movement stuff started getting splashed all over the media. And I started reading this stuff and I was like, oh, we could do this. We're already doing a lot of these things. I never even thought that you could retire early. Um, let's, let's like dive in and, and try and do that. And, uh, then I started reading as much as I could about the fire movement. And then I realized there was kind of this gap. So I started, you know, producing content for the special niche of people that are interested in financial independence, but, you know, have to figure out what to do with their pension or health insurance or these other really great benefits of, uh, federal jobs or government jobs, but, um, make it, you know, a little bit harder to leave like golden, golden handcuffs or, or that kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of my story. And a great one of that. And I mean, wow, 2017, that was only five years ago. And I'm thinking about it now when you talk about it, like the fire accounts I see on Twitter and Instagram, there's a lot of started 2017, started 2018. So, wow, I guess that was the media boom. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of exploded, but I'm glad, I'm glad it did. Cause you know, if it would have been out there in the early 2000s, I would have like definitely found that content because I was actively searching for you know anything I could find then. And I just couldn't find anything. So I kind of gave up and was like, okay, well, I've, I've seen everything. Um, I guess there's, there's nothing out there for me. I just need to wait until I'm retirement age and then I'll do whatever. Um, when I saw this stuff introduced to me through the mainstream media, I was like, oh, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Um, my whole life. I wish I would have known this was possible, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, or even, you know, five years ago, but I'm glad I found it when I did, it's made a huge, huge change in our life. And I'm just, um, you know, thinking about, you know, wealth and finances and building a, you know, secure future, um, is definitely put me at peace knowing that, you know, even in worst case scenario, we're in a really good position to, to weather a lot of storms. So I think even though we're not, you know, we haven't retired early, we're not quite financially independent yet, just having a big cushion to work with and understanding those numbers and running those numbers for myself and our family just, just brought so much peace. So I think even if you're listening to this and you're not like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready to fire um, tomorrow. Uh, there's just so much peace that comes along that journey. And that's, um, you know, that's worth more than uh, the financial, you know, wealth itself um, is the the peace that the the process brings. I'm the same way on that personally. I'm definitely, I, I myself more than still getting started on my fire journey. I'm definitely nowhere near the end yet. Getting, working on it though. And of course, you know, it's nice to see the net worth tick up, the investment account tick up, the bank account, wh whatever it may be. But the money's money at the end of the day. It's the peace that it provides, which really is what keeps you moving at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's like amazing how like some of those early milestones like bring more peace and excitement and other stuff than, you know, some of the stuff um, that you reach kind of later on in, in a financial independence journey. So I think that's, that's really great. And it motivates people and, and it was really motivating for us and it helped just keep things moving and it's, yeah, lots of good feelings. And, you know, since we're kind of on the mindset topic of fire and, you know, during the process, um, I'm not, you know, hundred percent sure exactly, you know, where you are in the fire process, but um, I, I guess, you know, how do you 
prepare yourself mentally to, you know, get into this and keep getting up every day. And if you're later in your fire journey, how are you preparing yourself mentally to step away from work for pay? Yeah, I think the mindset um, piece is, is really big. And uh, I have a couple different posts on my blog. I have one, I wrote one around my birthday. I try and write a birthday post each year with kind of like an annual reflection of kind of where things are at. And I think I titled this one, like fire is just one way I'm future proofing my life. So I think, I think one trap that's easy to get into is you invest so much of your, you know, identity into your job as part of, and then, you know, a lot of people, when they necessarily like get into the fire movement, they might double down um, or, you know, job, make money and kind of really focus in on accumulating wealth so that they can retire early. But I really like to think about, you know, work is just one part of who I am. It's one part of what I do. Um, the blog is another part, you know, being um, a father is another part, being a, a husband is another part, uh, you know, being somebody that likes to play sports is another part. So um, all these things are are important. And I try to, to give space to a lot of those things. Um, but I, I have definitely been thinking a lot about what it, you know, what, you know, when we do get to that retire early stage and stepping away, uh, you know, am I going to be ready for that, that mentally? Because I've seen some of my other friends who write blogs or have retired early. Some of them, you know, speak about you know, stepping away from work being uh, a really depressing experience and have had a really rough time. And some people go back to work and some people, you know, evolve and find something out you know, find something else to do. So I think the mindset piece is really important. I haven't obviously retired early, so I don't, I don't, I can't speak from firsthand experience, but it's, it's something I'm definitely thinking about. And that, that being mentally ready piece is just as important to me personally as uh, the fines. I think, I think you gotta be there hundred percent, you know, all together um, ready to go when it's, when it's time to go. Definitely on that, uh, you know, lean on a Dave Ramsey quote of, I believe it was Dave Ramsey, and I'll go through and edit this if I'm incorrect on it. Um, if you're just going to sit around and play golf all day, you're not going to live very long because that's, it's not what, it's not what we're made for. You got to get that. You can't just stop working one day. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with that uh, sentiment and it doesn't need to be, you know, productive, but you need to have, you need to have something that, um, you're getting up for and are interested in and engages you mentally. And that can be, it can be so many different things, but, you know, having a plan and a way you want to approach that is just, uh, it's so important. So I think, you know, being part of the fire movement and thinking about retiring early gives people the opportunity to contemplate all these different things. And, you know, luckily we're you know, on the path where we can try out some of these things. And if it doesn't work, we can try something else. But uh, I think the, the key for anyone is to just know that this could come and this is going to come. And, you know, how, how are you going to deal with that space? Um, I, yeah, I've kind of written about that recently too on my blog about, you know, when you leave your work, that like work self, that work part of you kind of dies. I think that's kind of a dramatic way to to put it, but um, 
I think you got to be ready for that, that part of you to, to go away. And, but that gives, you know, space for, for other things to, to grow. And I've been seeing, you know, a similar trend while you're on that subject on social, I keep going back to social media, but I spend way too much time on Twitter every week. So that's my life. And I, I would, again, I'm, I'll go through and edit this if I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am on this one. It's uh, Brandon at Rinky Do Finance put out a great article or a great blog post about that recently of dividing yourself into different halves. You know, like you said, the, the worker, the one who likes sports and how do you introduce yourself when, you know, you meet someone new? I mean, personally, I mean, I'll admit I fall, I'm a bit of a workaholic sometimes and I fall into that hole of, you know, who are, you know, what do you do? I'm a 401k manager. That's what I do. But stepping outside of that is really in a lot of ways, what the fire movement is about you know, getting your mindset right and finding yourself as a person, having that time for it. Oh yeah, I agree. And, um, I, I don't know uh, if I can mention this or not, but, um, and you can just edit it out if you, if you want, but, um, there's this new show on TV. It's on Apple, uh, Apple TV called severance. And the, the premise of the show is that, um, they perform some brain procedure where, your work self and your home self are completely detached and you have no idea about what your work self does when you're at work and no idea what your, sorry, no idea about what your home self does when you're at work. And when you're at home, you have no idea what you do at work. And I think that's a really powerful, you know, image. And I've written about this recently, um, especially about work and what we do and who we are. And that's like why I said, like when, when you stop showing up to work that, you know, work self uh, dies, you know, in the TV show, if you you know quit your job, you basically kill this person that knows nothing besides work. And while that's an extreme example and a lot of kind of crazy imagery, it helps. I think it's a really powerful movement for, sorry, powerful image of the fire movement and, you know, getting in touch with, you know, who you are outside of work, because, um, if your work self is, you know, how you present yourself to the world, then when you step away from work, which is kind of everybody's goal, um, we all want to step away from work sometime, even if you're not into early retirement, um, you got to know who, who that person's going to be when, when the work's over. And you uh, beat me to it there. That's why I was leading into your blog post about severance on Apple TV. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if I could talk about that. Or oh, not. no, no. So, yeah, we're all good. Okay. So I'll move on to a different blog post that caught my mind on that $75 a week on groceries. Oh yeah. So we've been, um, this is something our family has been really big about, um, back in the day, like the early two thousands. Um, my wife was really into crystal pain. She blogs at money saving mom and she would always post pictures of her grocery hauls each week and all the coupons and my wife was even featured in our local newspaper about how we used coupons to hardly pay any money on groceries. Since like they had that extreme couponing show, a lot of the grocery stores have canceled all the good deals where you could get like, I don't know, three carts full of groceries for next to nothing. But we're still, um, that's still like something we do. We're, we're very frugal on groceries. Uh, we have a family of five. We feed everybody for like less than a dollar twenty-five per person per meal. That's about half of the USDA thrifty food plan. That's the food stamp allowance, um, or it's called SNAP, supplemental, supplemental nutritional assistance program. But anyways, uh, that's, that's kind of 
one way we save a lot of money. Uh, my wife is an expert grocery shopper. I'm not allowed to go because I um, don't do all the deals correctly and uh, we spend too much on groceries, but uh, we work together and do that. I think a lot of things we do is we cook everything from scratch. And um, I think that's the main thing, plus shopping the deals and, and hitting things when, when things are good. And of course, you know, that is insane to say the least, especially for a family of five. Um, ridiculous to say the least. I, just my fiance and I have spent more than that on a dinner out in one go, but here you are feeding three extra mouths. But uh, I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just kind of what you get used to, I think. Um, and yeah, we're not, we're definitely not starving anybody. And yeah, it, it seems to work for us. That's exactly, you know, where I was going with this. And I do want to ask you about this as well. Um, you know, $1.25 per person for somebody out there listening, that probably sounds ridiculously low. $75 a week, they think you're probably starving a kid in the basement or something. Um, which, you know, I, I believe you is obviously not the case. You know, have you ever struggled to draw that line between what is too frugal versus what is just right? No, like we're not, we don't cut things to cut things. Um, I think part of we're lucky, we're very privileged. Um, and we, you know, we can save money on groceries because we're able to, like buy things in bulk um, when when that time comes. So, um, you know, we keep track of our grocery spending and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if prices go up and we need to spend more in groceries, we spend more in groceries. Um, we're not we're not living paycheck to paycheck, and um, we're always we're we're not cutting things just to cut things. It's just um, that's what we need, and we don't need uh, more than that. So that's you know. <laughs> That's where we're good. I think, I do think though, that if you're um, living, um, if things are tight money-wise, it's actually harder to spend less money on groceries um, because, you know, given the fact that uh, we have plenty of resources, we can buy things when they're, you know, the lowest possible price and stock up um, and then have a full pantry and then kind of eat stuff out of the pantry when the prices aren't as good and then stock it up again when the prices are low. So, um, yeah, we're spending a low amount on groceries overall, but you know, there's, there's a lot of, it takes money to, to save money in that way. Amen to that. I mean, I went to Costco earlier today and it's 20 bucks for, you know, 10 rolls, paper towel sounds high at once, but when you break it down, it's really not bad. Kind of yeah, thing. exactly. And another one of your blog posts that I did also want to touch on, and I, I hate that I'm going right for the recent blog post. I try not to do that, but. No, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's probably fresh in my mind too. So let's do it. Yeah. So, you know, you sat down with a CPA about your fire plans. How did that come about? Um, I was just, I mean, so. Yeah, being a financial independence blogger is kind of weird because I write content and people read my stuff, but that doesn't mean that uh, I know all the answers or, you know, I read, you know, I've read a lot of content. So I have a, a pretty good idea of, you know, what's out there, what things can work, how those things can do. But 
at the end of the day, I kind of wanted somebody who's a professional to check my math. And it was really great to hire a CPA and kind of show my numbers and say, hey, this is what I got. This is you know, how much I have in traditional retirement accounts. This is how much I have in Roth accounts. This is how much we have in cash. This is how much we have in home equity, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, we want to retire early and, you know, what do you, what do you think? And um, what would you change if, if you were me? And it was really, I felt really good um, in talking with him. He went through my numbers and um, it was just a really small tweak on um, the amount we were saving in traditional accounts versus Roth accounts. Um, but it wasn't, it, it was a very small tweak. It wasn't, wasn't a big, big amount. So I, you know, I think it's great to read blogs and read books and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I also think before you make a big decision, uh, it's definitely worth uh, speaking to a professional. And I try and say that on my blog all over the place because I don't want somebody to read my blog and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to set up like a 72T SEPP, you know, early withdrawal plan on my 401k and then, you know, get slapped with a huge tax penalty from the IRS. So uh, I think, yeah, blogs are great, but it's also good to, to talk to a pro uh, that you trust uh, when the time comes. And, you know, where I also wanted to touch on that is you mentioned, and like, again, the first paragraph of the blog post, I think it was, you know, this was for you a way of overcoming imposter syndrome to be, I guess, you know, more exact. And as a fellow personal finance blogger, you know, I definitely fall into that hole myself. And, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, can you talk about struggling with that or overcoming that just on the daily? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's hard to write content or produce, you know, audio content, podcast, video, all that stuff, um, because there's so much good stuff out there and there's so many good people doing great stuff out there. And, you know, when you look at what you're putting out there, it just can never measure up. And then like on the fire side of things, you see like these crazy people on Reddit that like, yeah, I don't know, these fat fire people that have like, you know, tens of millions of dollars and want to live on like $400,000 a year or something ridiculous like that. And yeah, I'm never going to have that kind of wealth, um, nor would I necessarily need that. But you know, when you read those articles or read those posts, it's hard to compare yourself to that and think you know, that you even measure up. And so, I mean, I, I'm getting better. The longer I blog, the better I feel about, yeah, I'm really helping federal employees, especially. And I have my audience, I have my email list and those people write me emails back. And I, I know I'm helping those people. So I just try and think that I'm writing for those people, especially, but, you know, sometimes it's just hard. And, and sometimes it's also hard because you see people on the internet. I mean, the great thing about the internet is anybody can produce content, but then the bad thing is you see like all these crazy things where like people, you know, are like, have a ton of money in Roth and no money in traditional or a ton in traditional and none in Roth, or somebody's got, you know, 20 million real estate properties or somebody else has got all these crazy things. And so I, 
you know, kind of thought I was doing things on a good path in terms of a mix of where the money was going and how I was like trying to minimize taxes now and in the future and all those things. But it's hard to not second guess yourself when there's so much content out there and so many people are doing different things. There really is. And that's, in my opinion, way where social media becomes, you know, a bit of a burden at times because uh, scroll through sometimes and I'll see somebody 23, 24 telling me they're making $500 a day in passive crypto income or something. I'm like, wow, I'm 24. I don't make near that. I need to buy more Bitcoin apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So um, yeah, I feel it's, it's really hard. I, I agree with that hundred percent, Joseph. Glad, glad to hear. I, it's, it is nice though. I personally, anyway, to sit down with somebody and hear that I'm in uh, at least somewhat good company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't it's, it's hard. And yeah, comparison is, you know, such a dangerous thing and social media, you know, you're only seeing what people put out there too. And on blogs too. I mean, you're only seeing what people put out. So you might see, you know, a blog or podcast put out something about, you know, the success they're having in blogging or podcasting or investing. And you just are only seeing part of it. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, later on when you see the whole story and all the stuff that went on behind it, then, you know, you're comparing your like average day to, to other people's best day on, on those things. Amen to that. Could not agree more. hundred percent. And, you know, for my last little bit of line of question today, going back to, you know, government worker Fi. you know, do you, have you seen, I think you mentioned this earlier, but have you, you know, seen more, I guess infrastructure is the word I'm going to use, you know, for government employees and personal finance, or do you still kind of feel you're the one man in the field? No, there's, there's a lot of other people that are putting out content kind of adjacent to mine. I wouldn't say it's, you know, an exact um, thing. I really like listening to the Fed Upward podcast. Um, it's produced by Love Rutledge. She's a federal employee and it's kind of about, you know, like living, living the federal life and having a federal job and, you know, how to deal with, oh, all the like weird you know, quirks of having a federal job or specific trainings or having a security clearance or any of those type things. Um, she's a really great resource for federal employees. So, I mean, I think, you know, she's out there. I mean, I'm kind of the one that's really dialed in on finance, but uh, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's really great. And the more, you know, federal employees are out there and connecting with people, um, you know, we look out for each other and help each other. And it, it's a, it's a good community. And that's, you know, great, definitely great to hear as a private sector employee, it feels like everyone else out there is trying to talk to me. So it's good to hear, you know, there are yourself and definitely others that are sticking up for a smaller market. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a small market, but you know, the federal government's the biggest employer in the United States. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's actually, there's quite a few federal employees uh, out there. You know, you say that never occurred to me before, but now that you say it, it makes so much sense. Yeah, I think there's like 2 million. Uh, I could be completely wrong, but I think the number is like something like 2 million uh, federal employees. And then there's all the like federal adjacent 
you know, government contractor jobs and, and all that stuff too. So uh, it's a, it's a big swath of the economy. Again, just now, now that you say it, it makes sense. Never would have arrived at that conclusion myself though, but I'm even thinking about even who I know is on a government contract in the private sector or something similar too. And Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let that sink in. And um, you know, that, that number includes military people as well. So um, a lot of the, you know, readers I have, or, you know, people I come across in the, the space um, have, have, you know, military experience or military questions or, or those type things as well. So um, it's not just civilian federal employees, but, you know, there's, there's quite a few um, in that space. And I'm sure they're glad, you know, glad to hear they have you there as a resource. And moving into our, you know, closing questions, of the interview using you as a resource, uh, where can we find you online? Yeah, so my website is governmentworkerfi.com. So uh, the FI is F-I at the end of that. And you can find me on YouTube. The easiest way to get there is to go to governmentworkerfi.com slash YouTube. And if you want to get on my email list, I send an email with tips for federal employees and finances and all that stuff on Wednesdays. You can get to that by going to governmentworkerfi.com slash subscribe. Got all of that. And uh, for the final question of the interview, what's next for Sam? Well, I'm going to keep uh, putting out content for federal employees and um, you know, creating uh, some YouTube content because um, I'm finding a lot a lot of people now are into video instead of to reading stuff. And you know, we're going to keep working towards financial independence and you know, hope to reach some milestones. Well, you know, kind of depends on the market, right? Um, but you know, uh, this year, next year, and um, go from there. But it's been it's been a really good journey, and I, I really enjoyed talking with you, Joseph. Love to hear it, man, and really enjoyed having you on. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Work Hard to Tire Early podcast. If you'd like to see more content from us, make sure to check us out at workhardretireearly.com or on Twitter at WorkHardRE, or at WorkHardRetireEarly on Instagram. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like the video and subscribe and hit the bell as we post new content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next week for the next episode.